refer to his swelling member as... <laughs> I feel like a romance author. <laughs> swelling member. His engorged shaft. <laughs> and her dark cave. <laughs> Moist cave. <laughs> change it all and it was uh, for a second there i forgot what the intro was <laughs> hello everyone welcome back to romancing the monsters i'm em i'm seth and today we're back with the black dagger brotherhood uh whoop, whoop. we're doing and I, we we say this often you know that it's a long-awaited episode for seth but like truly we actually really do mean it today this is the one this is the book i needed you to like needed you to get to yes and and yeah. like not even in the context of like an episode like you've long awaited for one of us to read this book just like yeah so i can talk about it with either of you right, right. um apologies for any weird noises I have a dog right next to me. I just want to, if there's weird noises, <laughs> not me, it's the dog, okay? Puppies are going to puppy, okay? <laughs> uh, but before we get to Lover Awakened, which I don't think I said that, but that's the book that we're talking about today, Lover Awakened. Z. We're talking Zetas about book, Zetas and Bella. Oh my God, no, you have to stop. <laughs> Please. Which is the third book in the Black Dagger Brotherhood. So we've made it this far, at least. Yeah. Three books in. Who who would have known? <laughs> After the first episode, who would have known, truly? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, uh. So we don't know when this will be posted, um, but as we are recording this, um, Persuasion on Netflix just released, or yes. released like a week ago. A week ago. And um, we just wanted to like, you know, give, give our thoughts we thought we might do an episode on it and then turns out um i don't think that there will be enough uh for us to talk about it for a whole episode we also have like (laughs) very different opinions on it so which could have honestly made for a good episode you know it could have but then i feel like i don't know if i could talk about it for like an hour you know like i don't know if i have enough thoughts you have enough anger though (laughs) not anger it's just more or less like i could care less about it it was that bad <laughs> right um so we're not gonna dedicate an episode on it but we thought we could at least like dedicate dedicate a small portion of today's yeah. episode just to you know give it a little review what we thought of it um but like i said i don't know when this will be posted so by this the time it's posted maybe it's like old news and nobody cares anymore <laughs> but you know oh my god this dog <laughs> help you're on his chair, it seems. I'm not. He never comes here. But because I'm on this chair, now suddenly he's interested in it. Anywho. So, persuasion. Thoughts. Who begins? Um. So, I mean, general idea. It's based off, well, supposedly based off a Jane Austen book. Um, and it's about two people that w- couldn't be together eight years ago because of 
um, the male, not male character, the female character, um, having, I guess that was really bad. Can I start over? I'm starting over. <laughs> sure. What is it about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, Let's um, pretend we didn't already do this. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds great. Um, so it's about, um, our main girl, um, Anne, who was persuaded eight years ago to give up the man that she is in love with. Um, because he has no uh, no status, no money, nothing. And then eight years come like pass by, and then she sees him again. She's still unmarried. He's still unmarried, but like he holds a lot of resentment. Um, and he's now like a captain, and all things are good. Um, so yeah, that's where we leave them in the story, and it's more so will they, won't they get back together, type of thing. This uh, movie adaptation is with. Um Dakota Johnson and Jarvis. Oh, I didn't catch Cosmo, his name. Wait. Cosmo, Jarvis? Cosmo, Cosmo Jarvis. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Um, a new to me uh, author. Wow, so used to talking about books. <laughs> a new to me actor. Same. Um, maybe we can start there. How about that? Do you? Hopefully, you don't have negative. I will say his facial expressions were amazing. Like I actually yeah. felt each emotion. I felt that the longing. Feeling. Yeah. Um, I felt it. Um, Dakota Johnson, I mean, she acted great with what she was given. I feel like it was nothing, nothing about them that I disliked. Yeah. I, I would say I, I enjoyed their performance for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I saw the, when I watched the trailer, I was very taken aback by the fact that like, obviously she has like a British accent here. Yeah. That was jarring to me, but when I actually sat down and watched the movie, I, like, totally forgot that she's not British. Uh, obviously, I'm not, like, the accent police. I could not tell you if she's doing a good accent, but, like, I forgot that it's, like, Dakota Johnson, which, like, I've always heard speaking with, like, yeah. you know, an American I, Yeah, accent, I think her so. accent was very effortless. It sounded yeah. like, I mean, I'm not a British person. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like from where she's from, but, yeah, no, I had nothing against them as actors. You did live in, in London for like six months. London, you should know. yeah, but that's about you should it. know. <laughs> and I did visit Bath, of course. I loved it, but I mean, I, I didn't really hear them speak. People from Bath, and that's not where she's from. She's from like the country, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Also, I mean, it's <laughs> it doesn't really count because, like, I imagine the the accent back then must have sounded differently, like yeah. different from today's. How, what did you think about it? Well, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, personally. <laughs> I have to say, fair disclaimer, I never, I've never read Persuasion. Um, I, I could actually uh, out myself right now and say I've actually never read. No, that's not true. Oh, my God. I was going to say I've never read a Jane Austen book. False. <laughs> I have. Northanger Abbey, which is like the oh, one wait. book that nobody reads. <laughs> You never read Pride and, Pride and Prejudice? <laughs> what? Anyways. Uh, for some reason, I thought, you even with school, you never read it? No. They they had us uh, read Northanger Abbey, which is why I read oh. that book, because okay. otherwise I wouldn't have. I mean, I do want to. It's not like I don't want to, but like... So, I'm not, obviously, a Jane Austen purist. I don't know what her books are really like because mm -hmm. i haven't read the like major ones 
I've also never seen any adaptation of this story. So, like, I went in with, like, as general audience as possible. You know, like, no expectations. Didn't know really what the story was. I mean, a little. I'm not, like, clueless, but... Um, that's a fun pun when you think about the Jane Austen adaptations, actually. Um, but yeah, I just, I enjoyed myself. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it's not a perfect movie. Um, but to me, it worked. Like, I was kind of just, like, enjoying it for what it was. And, like, I could definitely see myself, like, rewatching it some years in the future. Like, I don't have this, like you know, need to rewatch it, but I could see yeah. myself, like, you know, feeling like, oh, I feel like watching, like, a period piece, but that feels a little modern, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say, I can see what people say about, like, how jarring it was with, like, the sort of, like, modern lingo that was, you know, and how that kind of diluted, like, Jane Austen's, like, you know, magical prose and, like, beautiful love declarations and such I can see that I I will say I I didn't love that but I didn't hate it either like I kind of just like I I just took it as it was because I was just like okay that's fine like you know I don't Mm -hmm. mind that um but I will say I've seen a lot of hate online for like the the you know break of the fourth wall because she's constantly talking I didn't mind that at all at all I just like I felt like it It didn't feel authentic. It, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it works in Fleabag because I believe she does that. And everyone loves that show. And, like, I tried watching the first episode. I never got further in. But, like, I really want to continue watching that show. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like it didn't feel authentic. I just felt like, I don't know. The direction was just not it for me. I just felt like they, they're great actors. I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. But, like, they're great actors. But I feel like the director or the direction that was given to them, like, just really left a lot lacking and I do feel like breaking the fourth wall like kept pulling me out of it I did go into this movie with zero expectations because everyone was like it don't expect it to be like the book don't expect it to be like any other adaptation I'm like okay Mm -hmm. that's fine like I'm okay with it being like something totally different and I'm still open to loving it like hello Bridgerton season two was not at all like the book but I still loved the show immensely so then Mm -hmm. I was like if it was like that of course like I'm okay with you know them making some changes for it to be like a different and like not a better story but like more fleshed out wait you can I just stop you for a second because I don't think you said but in my memory persuasion is your favorite book by Jane Austen yeah it it, it is my favorite story maybe you should say that (laughs) (laughs) no yeah and because it's my favorite story like I was like holding this adaptation pretty like close to my heart I was so excited for it and all that like all of that but I mean like I said at the same time I understood that it was not going to be exactly what it was in the book and it wasn't going to be exactly what it was in like the 2007 adaptation that I watched and so I like I like I said I went in with zero expectations and I wanted to like it and I just couldn't one yes like the breaking the fourth wall but also like I said the, the direction and I just felt like the cousin who's played by Henry Golding, I just felt like he was so, like, comically villain-like that it just was like, what the heck am I watching? And I also felt like the characters weren't fleshed out at all. I knew nothing about them. Yeah. Can I add something to the Henry Golding character? Yeah. 
I felt like he was not needed. <laughs> yeah. And like, I know that that sounds weird because he's like clearly set up to be like the eye candy here. But yeah. to me, a pretty face ain't enough. Like for me, Cosmo Jarvis, hopefully that's his name. Like, yeah, sure. He's not like, you know, a beautiful kind of man, you know, like he's obviously like more like like an Adam Driver, you know, like it. Like, yeah, he's like rugged and like he like, yeah, like you're right. He's not traditionally attractive. He looks unique, but like for exactly. me, he was portraying such emotion and like I was really interested in, in looking at his face <laughs> yeah. um, that I was kind of bothered by the, the, the Henry character because I was just like, you're just here to look pretty and like for once I don't actually care. Yeah. I would rather spend more time with that other character that I find much more attractive in like an unconventional way exactly and that's the thing i felt like his character wentworth barely got screen time and when he did it was like in the end for five seconds and oh they're back together and here's a cute little epilogue and that's it right yeah and when i say attractive i mean like yes physically but also like obviously his personality like what his life like you it feels like it felt like that character deserved a little bit more of like a a story you know like who is he what does he do they all deserved a little bit of a story yeah <laughs> but i mean obviously she's the main character so i understand why she's like the the focus here but the whole and henry side plot was i wish they would have done away with it which i understand why they didn't because i understand that that character plays a part in the book mm-hmm. um but i feel like they could have kind of done away with it and it would have been like a good adaptation <laughs> No, and then they also tried to make it funny. And, like, the whole thing in Mm. the end where, like, you find out, oh, like, he was making out with uh, the dad's future wife or whatever. I was, like, and then, 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 like, laughed it off and that was it. And I was, like, okay. (laughs) That's just, like, they just totally dropped that storyline, which, obviously, yeah, they want to get to the main couple, which, understandable. That's what I wanted. Um, I don't know. I just, this movie did not work for me at all. I would never rewatch it. That's it. (laughs) It worked for me. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fair. It's a modern take that isn't literally clueless, but also isn't like Bridgerton, which I think they were trying to stay away. Obviously, it's Netflix. Like, they're not dumb. Like, (laughs) they have Bridgerton. They, They don't want something that competes with Bridgerton. They want something that, like, would work for fans of, you know, if that makes sense, without making it just a, a copy of it. I think so. I could have appreciated this one more if they did make it modern. They all the only thing that made this not modern was like was like I guess the clothing. That's it. It was modern through and through. <laughs> I don't mind it though. I don't mind it though. But okay. I don't know. I, I, yeah, no. It like that's fine. And like like I said it's just in my opinion. I think it would have worked. Could have maybe worked. I don't really know if it was modern fully. Well, Steph, um how about you make your own persuasion? I would not make it modern. I would just no, but how follow about you make your own? the way. But then, like, what's the fun in just repeating the same thing over and over again? Like, at least they tried to make it a little, a little different. Because, like, your, your 2007 adaptation, I imagine, like, you love it because it's so close to the book. But then it's like, so we're just going to rehash the same thing the same way in the same framework with the same 
you know like i wouldn't say it's like exactly to the book it's more so like they understood the assignment like the intensity was there the but is it historical well yeah historically accurate for sure but i mean at the same time i just i feel like this one was just missing the magic and i don't know like how they could have fixed it how they could have i mean i know how they could fix it but we're not getting into that but i'm just it was just not my idea of what it was and that's fair i mean i should not put my own you know, idealitions or whatever on it. And, you know, if you like it, you like it. I didn't. I will say my last critique is that the letter should have been read in his voice entirely. I literally screamed at my TV when it was read in her, like, with her voice. Like, I understand what they were going for, but, like, it needed to be him. It needed to be his voiceover from start to finish, especially when he starts reading his part. Like, he's obviously so good that you just, you want that yearning and longing from his POV with his voice. Like, you want to hear him tell you that he's half- hope half agony and you want to imagine yourself in those shoes that's the thing that letter that letter marge i'm telling you it literally gives me goosebumps it literally gives me like the phantom heartache syndrome it literally was everything and for her to read it broke my heart because i was like i okay the saving grace of this movie i kept telling my sister and my mom the saving grace will be the letter don't worry we'll hold on to the letter it'll be fine the damn letter was not read by him (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Well, from uh, one, well, I was going to say one broken soul. He's not like broken, broken, but you know what I mean. Well, from one man that loves only one woman to another. I was going to say from from one man that's half agony to one man that's full agony. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one better. Let's move on to Lover Awakened, shall we? Yes. Zadist, Bella, what happens in this book, Seth? Well. This book um, picks up exactly right after the second book, Lover Eternal. So Lover Awakened, we know at this point that Bella is captured and imprisoned by, um, I believe he's a four lesser. I don't know. One of the lesser leaders. And Z is... Mr. O. Mr. O. Yeah, there you go. David. Yes, David. (laughs) Um, Z is like on a warpath trying to find Bella and he's basically, like, not eating, not sleeping. He's just, like, going to kill all the lessers until he finds her. Um, and then we finally see Bella, who is imprisoned underground. Um, and she's actually being, it's weird, but her lesser is in love with her. And he's trying to woo her. Right. But well, because he, also... he thinks she's someone else. Like, he's a little crazy in the head. Yeah, but then he also later on, well, I don't even know if it's that further into the book, where he, like, realizes Bella is her own person and he loves her more than Jennifer. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, in his a twisted little sick way. In the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, she's abused and like her lesser is in love with her and she really doesn't think she'll ever make it out and it's uh <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty gruesome what happens. And she finally has this opportunity when she releases one of the civilian male vampires who was captured to be her food. Um, she lets him go and she tells him like, you know, send the brotherhood here. And so she gets rescued and things kind of get started when, uh, she won't leave Zadist alone. He's the one that rescues her and pulls her out of the hole and she won't let him go. She clings to him as like her savior. Yeah. The story continues as she tries to break through his shell and him learning to lean on someone and learn to live again is basically where the story goes. Right. So, um, Marge. 
So, what did you think about this book? Are you serious? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm. You I'm <laughs> okay, I'm done. Um, this is Sephra retiring I'm, from *Romancing the Monsters*. Um, I'm peace messing out. with Bye. you. I am messing with you. Better be, or else I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna come all. No, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I definitely my favorite so far. Yay. I love Zadist. I really do. Um, I like Bella. I have like a little tiny thing to say about her character, but um, no, Zadist is um, love that man, little baby, I love him. little broken baby. He is just. I love. Kind of want to give him a hug, tell him, even though that, he wouldn't take it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, say I was Bella, I would just like force myself on him. You know, yeah. like force a like hug she onto did, him. Yeah. Yeah, and just, you know, tell him that it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like, you know? I love you. I think you're You're amazing. loved, baby boy. You know, you deserve to be happy and You deserve safe. the world. Right. I yeah. just love him. So, no, I did, I did, uh, I did really, really enjoyed it. I enjoy it. Um, I will say, like, I still don't care about, like, the side plot or, like, Oh, you know, no. the, the plot, really. So yeah. I like I can't say this is like a five stars for me just for that reason, because I just I can't. I feel like I can't say that it's a five stars, five star if like half the plot. I'm kind of just like, eh. I mean, do you actually pay attention to it, though? Like, I honestly just like wipe it from my mind and it's instant five plus 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 star. Yeah, but then, like, it's not, I'm not, like, reading the book, you know? Like, I, I'm listening to it. I'm paying attention to it, yeah, but right. I don't care about it. So, like, to me, I, I feel like it's part of the book nonetheless. So, okay. anyways, but the, the romantic stuff I did really, really enjoy. So okay. That's all that matters, really. That's good. I mean, surprise, surprise, I loved it again. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she's like no actually this time around i really kind of hated it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i i loved it and the, the i think the last time i read this book i think i was in university so that was like quite which a was 25 back. years ago shut up <laughs> that was like literally how old was i when i graduated i'm kidding i was not that old um so this was like maybe like, she's like in my time in 1983 <laughs> I was finishing up university, reading about Zaynist. <laughs> I'm tired, guys. I'm tired right now. So this may... I'm sorry about the chaos. Uh, anyways, know. so it was a while back, and I feel like I've had some, like, you know, years to live a bit for me to read this book, and maybe, like, with new eyes. So I was kind of worried that my opinion might change, or I might not love it as much, and I might not love Zaynist as much. Um... But no, I picked it up, and I know, right? Like, super you dumb. Shut up. There's um, no way. No, I honestly was kind of worried. I was like, damn, this is one of my favorite No, you books. weren't. Am I really going to, like, dissect it and, like, what, like Wait, so you it? read it, last time you read it is in university, but you always constantly reread your favorite books. Yeah, I know, but I just haven't read this What happened? Hello, my dislike for the author happened. Oh, that's right. So, like, I haven't really, like been able to pick it up again because i just always get no. angry and i was like 
since we read Dark Lover, or we're plan- like, right. I think at that time we were planning to read Dark Lover, so I was like, I'll just hold <laughs> off and read this book. Five years ago, yes. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hold off and read it um, when we mm-hmm. decide to get to it on the podcast. Um, so yeah. that's why I haven't reread it since thinking about it again. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. Um, same gripes that I had with the book the first three, two times I've read it. I honestly just feel like... You have gripes with this book? One being just, like, the amount of, like, chapters the side characters get. Like, right. I just feel yeah, like agreed. It always pulls you out of the main story, which is Zetas and Bella. And, like, as, like, the books progress, you realize that hmm. you get half of the main couple, and then the rest of the book is all the other, like, side plot, side characters, drama. I don't mind it as long as it's characters within the Brotherhood. It's when it's, like, characters outside of the Brotherhood that I start, like, not caring. No, but, like, for example, when it's, like, something like Bella's needing and all of a sudden you're pulled to, like, John Matthew, you're like... Right. Really? I, mean, I do love me some John, though. I'm not gonna I know. lie. Yeah, I love him. Sorry, I use your name for an example, John Matthew. But <laughs> it's just, like, something like that. I just... I just like Zetas and Bella that much that I wanted them to get more page time, okay? No, that's fair. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. I'm sure they get page time later on in the series. I mean, they're obviously a series favorite. I mean, can I be honest? Yeah. They really don't. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? I know. That's the thing. I'm like, why are we going to continue reading your books if you don't even give the main couple their Is she page not going to give them a sequel? Because she's giving a sequel to pretty much all couples i don't she? know if that's in her, i mean like, the beast was rage and ma- like maybe she's making her way through she's listen 20 like 2025 she's gonna be she's gonna announce that the next bdb book is another a second book for zetas and bella what's your reaction i would literally die and be like i'm not catching up i'll figure it out and buy it but at the same time, I feel like she literally skipped over Z and Bella and went to Butch and Marissa. I'm like, are you serious? To be honest, I feel like they could have gotten two books, like, right right then and there. Like, yeah. like this book could have been two books. I agree with that. I honestly think, like, you're right. She did give them, like, a novella, though, like, with Z and his worries about Bella and her pregnancy. Like, they have a little novella, and that's that's it, though. Why didn't you tell me? We could have read that, too. Sorry. Well, I mean, I it was in her like. Thanks for nothing, guide. really. Shut up! <laughs> in her insider's guide. I don't even know if you can find that anymore. Were you done with your thoughts? No, you weren't. No, I mean, I'm done with those thoughts. We can move on <laughs> to, to other thoughts. <laughs> Let's move on to other thoughts. But you're done with like your my overall opinion. Your, yeah. <laughs> your overall thoughts, but yeah. not all thoughts. Not all thoughts. Okay. We're no thoughts, mess. really. We're mess this episode. We need to move on. <laughs> Um, so I think, I think we ended last episode on the series kind of talking about like how Zadist is different from what, at least what I was expecting. Yeah. No, um, no, that he's course. actually like kind of soft and definitely misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, so this book kind of opens with, um, him, he's at Bella's house. We learn that he feeds her fishies. That he, he, he waters out. her plants, right? Like, and and he says that he he's started to think of her home as his 
because you know it's kind of like the last of her that he has because they all believe that she's died that she's dead she's gone and her family has had like the whole like their version of a funeral and all of that yeah they've moved on like they've fully accepted that like she's gone and uh bella's brother revenge and his mom are planning to sell the farmhouse as well and z is like i'm gonna buy it Right. And they plan they to won't let for him. another, like, I don't know how many years, but he's just, like, he's not ready to let Bella go. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because the second that he had Bella back, we never heard about that home, that house again. Because she has her home now with Z. Yeah. I know, I know, but it's, it's literally, <laughs> like, it was a stand-in for Bella, because the second he got Bella back, he was yeah. just like, eh. It's just the house. Don't care. The plants are all dead by now. The fishies no, are dead. We've back. never heard about the fishies again. <laughs> I think the fishies sadly died. But, like, they didn't go back. They went back to the house. Did they? They did. And then Z went back. No, he was still there when Revenge came. And he, like, just hung out in his Bentley. And then Z was like, who the heck is that? Right. I mean, still, that fishy is dead. I'm sorry. The little fishy is poor, dead. poor little fishy. R.I.P. Okay. Fishy. All right, I fishy. <laughs> you were loved. <laughs> Not enough, though. <laughs> you weren't enough. <laughs> um. Anyways, so as you said, um, she uh, was actually captured. Yeah. Um, but she's rescued. Sadist comes to save the day. Um, and you know he takes such good care of her. <laughs> He like hums for her Question. to calm her down. I know. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. No, no, I was just gonna say like he has a one track mind, and but in this book, like in this part of the story, we get all of this through Fury's perspective. So like I love how everyone's confused as to why he feels so strongly. And right. Like you said like Z is like doing all these things. He's like covering the mirror so that she doesn't see her appearance because obviously like she yeah. was beat up a little and then she had the, the scar she was mar- she was literally like yeah. she had david written on her yeah. which is a trope that i fucking love when the loved one is like marked by someone else yeah and it drives the love interest like or the main character insane well not insane but just like their pain for the other that they've yeah. had to to go through that and that they're now like marked by their abuser Ooh. yeah no i Sign love me it up. But, no, like, what we get in his perspective is more so, like, how Z can't even, like, hold himself up because he, like, can't handle what she's been through. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, everyone, like, even Wrath is like, what the hell's going on? Like, why is he feeling so strongly for this one woman? And we know he hates women. Yeah. Um, So how did you feel about that scene? Loved it. Yeah. I I really, I really did love, I will say, I think I... mm, I think maybe I lo- I I I loved the first half of this book more than the second half. Not that there the second half is bad. Just like I feel like there was a lot of intensity in the yeah. beginning that maybe isn't true of of the second half. But um, like all those like beginning scenes of just like you know how he's literally giving her his all, and like you can see as you said through Fury's pov that he's just like he himself is kind of shattered and then like falling and like not you know doing so great and so hot but like he's his one track mind as you said is just like focused on bella like must care for bella Mm -hmm. which is just lovely i know no i loved this scene very much and like in terms of like 
you see how truly like broken he is and he doesn't even understand feelings or like emotions he does he's crying but he doesn't know why he's crying or like what this means and like his legs feel weak and he's like oh i don't know what's going on and he's being held up by fury and wrath like basically sandwiched in between them and like he doesn't know what's like what's going like what's going on with him he doesn't understand the emotions he's feeling and i just like I loved it because he's finally faced with things that he's never at all had to like think about or examine about himself. Yeah, and he also um, I this may be a little bit later on, but um, you know when well he literally refers to well okay let me <laughs> backtrack he 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 wants to give her a bath or help her take a bath because obviously like you know she just came from a very horrible place and probably wants to be clean um and in doing so like he tries to cover her so that he doesn't (laughs) see her naked body because like he understands very much so from personal experience how much of a violation that is to like for someone to see your your naked body when you're not aware because at this point in time she's kind of passed out yeah um so he's trying to cover her but um i don't remember exactly what happens but the the towel that he had on her was it a towel or a sheet or something it was a towel and it got wet it got wet but it also didn't like slip or something like he fully saw her boobs i think well it started slipping but um i think it more so molded to her body right anywho he he felt like he saw her naked body yeah. in that moment and he felt disgust disgusted in himself not in her obviously yeah. he got turned on and what was interesting interesting to me is that he refers to his member <laughs> as an it a lot and like that just proves or shows really how he like dissociated from his own body specifically his sexual organs because of everything that was done to him like that was kind of stood out to me when I was reading it like in those early chapters how how he makes a point of constantly referring to it as an it like it's like this like ew thing that's on his body but he really doesn't associate with it in any way shape or form it's kind of just like doing its own thing and reacting in certain ways and obviously directly linked to his trauma because yeah. obviously she was um his mistress was uh drugging him or, or using this like this like cream lotion thing that would like make him erect so he never had control over it so no. it's it's it makes total sense that in his brain like that part of him is is separate because yeah. it it's always reacted in that way or been been yeah been forced to react in that way if that makes sense so but i just thought that that was so interesting like that was really well done of like trying to to show his psyche and how how his brain works and how he views himself now Mm -hmm. without like making it you know this huge thing like it's quite like it's a small detail but it says a lot I feel like yeah and I I love being in his head because I feel like we don't really know what he's thinking at all even when we were in his head we don't even know what he's thinking but I just feel like (laughs) yeah no like when he said that he's probably the only male that wishes like he didn't have a dick yeah I was like damn like it just like it breaks my heart because like you said he like he holds this, like, animosity towards that part of him. And it's, like, mm. like you talked about it. Like, the mistress took advantage of him and, like, 
made him do things that he never wanted to do and he would be crying as she's like literally trying to like you know get herself off and he's been a blood slave for a hundred years like that's insane like he was not his own person for a hundred years and before that pre-transition he was kidnapped from his home and he as a child grew up as a servant in this whatever house this was and it's just it's heartbreaking to know that he never knew who he truly was and even when he does find out he doesn't connect himself with who he was before yeah and there's this like really sad moment in the book or devastating really um where so bella when she wakes up um she sees she sees him and she screams obviously she's a little disoriented like she just i think she wasn't she like kind of having a bad dream or something and then she woke up and saw zadist yeah and she yeah. had like the salve on their her eyes because the stupid lesser literally sewed her eyelids together um, so she couldn't insane? see properly right so she wakes up and she sees Zetas and she screams and then like everyone comes running obviously and it's just like it's devastating the moment where Fury we're in Fury's POV yeah or it switches to his POV and he like enters the room and like his first assumption is that he was trying to assault her that broke me because it couldn't be further like he he was caring for her like he he's he's shocked like he's shocked that she reacted like that to him like he's literally like get her get her away from me like Like, she's scared of me like i don't want to like yeah he's like really deeply troubled by the fact that she's she's screamed seeing him like that he's like oh my god like just take her away never let me see her ever again and it's like and and the fact that everyone just assumes that he was trying to assault her well yeah it's like they assume <sighs> that he was killing the prostitutes in the city it's right. like they assume the worst of him and yeah sure it's because he doesn't let them see anything different but at the same time it's like this is the man that came to your room fury who like asked you to show him how warm he needs to make his room on your temperature thing and it's like he's He's just so caring. Like, how do you just jump to that conclusion right off the bat? They take they they take Bella to another room, but then in, she can't sleep. I think, and then she she goes back to find Zetas, who like doesn't understand, and like he's kind of like, no, you're scared of me. Like, get get away. Um, and oh, because he was naked too. We should say that he wasn't he naked when she woke up. Well, I mean, he took off. He kept his shirt on. But then he took off his bottoms. I don't know why. I think because they were, were they wet or something? I don't I know. I think they were, yeah. Yeah, I think but they were. But he, like, holds something. them over himself as he sleeps on the ground. He, like. Yeah. Yeah. He sleeps naked, doesn't he? He does. And he doesn't yeah. sleep with any covers. Yeah. It's just really hard. Probably because that's how he was sleeping when he was with his mistress. No, it's, I think he said because no. he didn't want to feel any sort of comfort or something like that. Oh, God. I know. And, like, he also said briefly, like, the reason why he doesn't eat is because, like, he just is afraid that everything's poison. It's like, you can't trust anything, he says. Yeah. Heartbroken. (laughs) Anyways, so she goes back to him anyways. And in the meantime, Fury kind of, like, realizes his his mistake. He he goes to apologize to his brother and finds them together. And his brother says, uh, Zadist says, like, he's like, oh, why would you apologize? You're right. Like, I'm sick. Like, that also broke me because 
because you're like yes fury like go and apologize like that's so important only for zetas to be like no you're right like that's exactly what i am i i am the kind of guy that assaults women and like i am sick and i like i will contaminate her with my just presence you know yeah he's worried about like ruining her and contaminating her and just making her dirty because all he sees on like himself is dirt and like just uncleanliness and it's just what also breaks my heart is like the way because fury was looking for bella because he has this weird like not obsession but he also feels like a connection to bella and he looks for her because he doesn't find her in the room that he put her in and when he goes into the room he sees bella literally trying to reach out to zadis and zadis is like not covered on the edge of the bed and like like Like, almost falling over this is comfortable yeah and it's like that's when he realizes he's wrong because like z is just it's just so heartbreaking to like read about him and like everything that he's going through but like just to see physically where he's at in this like journey of i guess self-discovery and like love and all of that it's just breaks my heart yeah i feel like this episode should be called zetas breaks my heart but that's just (laughs) that's just it and then like to add to all of that bella needs blood yes and i think she doesn't she i think zetas pushes her towards fury i mean the, the amount of times in this fucking book that zetas pushes her towards fury because he thinks that he like fury is a male of worth he's the male that she should be seen with i know but it's just like dude she wants you she said numerous times she wants you and then you keep saying that's a mistake you're gonna wake up and realize you don't want me anywho she needs blood he pushes her towards fury i don't remember exactly why the thing with fury doesn't work but she she goes back to zetas right she just doesn't want him flat out don't yeah. want him. It's like, sorry, but you're not what I want. <laughs> which is kind of funny at this point in the book because Fury definitely wants her, which I don't know yeah. that those are feelings that are ever really Reciprocated revisited. At all. No, 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 not at all. She but not even revisited. Much... Like, what happened with that? Because, like, obviously someone else is introduced at some point in this book. Yeah, 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 of course. No, but I so. honestly just feel like... She never liked you, bro. Like, I'm sorry. She, she never did. I mean, she she was like, you're hot. But she was like, I prefer your other. Like, your brother's hotter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But no, she just just point blank does not want him. And she goes to find Z. And Z is like, no, no, no. Like, I can't give you my blood. My blood is corroded. It's like disgusting. You can't have it. And she's like, I don't care. Tough shit. I want your blood. So he asks for a minute. And where does she find him? What is he doing in the washroom? So he's in the shower, rocking back and forth, scrubbing away at his wrist like a maniac. And I mean that like in like a loving way. <laughs> because repeating over and over and over again that he's dirty. my heart (laughs) he's literally crying and just does not he's in his own little world at that point he dissociated he's just like fully like he's he's fully having like a panic attack yeah thinking about the fact that his blood his dirty ass blood is going to enter that precious body yeah of hers and also sure there's that and like he obviously thinks he has a mistress's blood in him it's disgusting mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. gross but it's also she's the only one that ever fed from him the mistress and it wasn't that. by choice he never chose mm-hmm. to feed her and it's just 
he doesn't want Bella anywhere around him. He has, like, the slave band on his wrist and his neck. You know, that's where, like, you more or less feed from. And he doesn't want her anywhere near them. And it's just, my poor baby went through so much. Yeah. Like, he he deadass thinks it's going to kill her. Yeah. And he's like, it's your funeral. Yeah. Like, you're going to die. If you drink my blood, you're going to die. And he, like, yeah. He more or less just, like, just lets her have it. Because she is not giving up on it. She's like, no, I want your blood. Um, and so she drinks from him. And he feels like it's not that bad. But he's still very much, like getting ptsd from his past which you mentioned ptsd i have a question and i think that's my small critique of like the bella character here obviously you know you fully understand why he has the amount of trauma that he has like you said he was you know someone's uh blood and sex slave really uh for a hundred years i felt like you know, Bella went through something that is also traumatizing, not for as long, obviously, but it wasn't, she wasn't raped, thank God, but yeah. her situation was kind of fucking messed up, you know, and, and she, her body wasn't spared, you know, she, so, like you said, like, her fucking eyelids were sewed shut, like, you can imagine it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant time in there, and so I will say that it's bizarre to me that, it's never really explored, I feel like. I felt like yeah. that 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 felt like it was missing for me in her character development from this point on. Like it was obviously the focus was a lot on Zadis exactly own yeah. journey. Yeah. But I and and maybe it would have been too heavy had Bella had a similar journey of her own to go on. Which is why I kind of feel like this deserved to be kind of two books. Because then you could have explored both of them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would have been beautiful had they, like, healed each other type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or even just, like, mentions of, you know, like, just, like, she feels comfortable with him. She feels safe with him because of what happened and like that's why she's like determined to only have him because he makes her feel safer you know little things like that but i feel like that was missing that i think was mentioned one or two times but pretty briefly though and it's like she wants to spend time with him because like she kind of realizes not that their traumas are similar but it's more or less like they kind of were you know taken advantage of they were you know they experienced similar situations not to the same extent in his but i do feel like jr ward focused more on z's trauma which understandable he's you know 100 years of it that's a lot to unpack but like you said i kind of wish that we delved more into her trauma instead of just like talking about it because she does only talk to z about it and like they do actually discuss and you know, explore what happened to her. And she's like, I want to know everything. And he does tell her what, what happened. And she does allow herself to not grieve who she was before, but also, like, reflect on what happened and who she was as a person. And, like, you know, she had to face her own, like, demons. And she had to go to the place that she was abducted from, which was her home. And I feel like she had to be more of, like, a pillar of strength in this book for Z, Because if both of them were, you know very much suffering from like you know their trauma and like had ptsd none of them kind of what i think would have like i guess broke that barrier 
I feel like she was the one that was doing like, you know, like she was the pushing and prodding person. She was the one that was like getting him to do things and getting him to like open up. And I don't know if that would have been the case if she was also on the same level emotionally and mentally at that point. Yeah, kind of like can can two broken people be each other's strength really? Yeah. Like is that possible or are you so defeated that you have no energy left to give someone else type of thing? I I think Z was there. Like he had no energy to yeah. give anyone well, anything. But then he did. He did give her still because she was just always there. Like she was not she like he had to feed her he had to get her food like he just had to do all these things because she kept pushing him and she wasn't going anywhere and that's when he was like all right she's here to stay yeah i don't know i i just wonder if like this is not perhaps like a a bit of a pattern in the series that's kind of like starting to show itself of just like you know flashback to book one with Beth who's literally like assaulted in the first chapter and then that's never revisited really like she's she has no residual you know discomfort towards perhaps like relationships like sexual relationships after what happened to her like it's kind of just like brushed off it's like no I'm like that never really happened which I highly doubt is possible but anywho and then here perhaps not as bad with Bella but still you know I just feel like can we explore a woman's perspective of like PTSD in this world like can we explore that a little bit more I do yeah I do think it is explored um with um a character that I think you'll meet soon can I, can I say something spoilery, but not really? Yeah. She is um, John Matthews' girl. Oh. Yeah. And he, he certainly has a little bit of trauma, too. So. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I like yeah. that. I like that. Um, You kind of touched upon... Do I want to go there now? I don't know if I want to go there now. Where their first kiss? Or he's his first kiss? I feel like it skips too much. Okay, Let's would- wait. Because um, I, I wanted to talk about... Because you said uh, a lot of it is kind of on her terms. But let's not go there yet because there's stuff okay. before then that uh, may be discussed. So so someone who is uh, introduced here is Rev. Right, yeah. Um, how did I you feel? Questions. Did, you, did okay. you make the connection? Wait, are okay, is Fury are Fury and, and, and Rev the MM couple? No, 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 no. What? I know. Who right? the fuck I, is it then? I totally forgot that happened. Okay, so what we're talking about is um Butch and Fury are at Zero Sum, which is like their club, and Fury is like trying to get his Turkish uh smokes or whatever. I don't know what they're called. And uh he basically more or less just like I'm Rev is well, the reverend, basically, he's that's who he is at this point, um, is trying to goad him into, like, feeling things. And um, Fury's not getting baited because he realizes... Actually, no, he doesn't realize yet. He basically, like, calls his bluff and kisses Rev. And um, 
he bites him a little bit, right? And then he gets his blood. You are fully... I know I'm butchering this. Can you can you say it? No, no. I'm, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say you're fully breaking my heart. I was shipping them. Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, no. I was kind of shipping them too. I was... I really thought... Because you, you told me the MM couple is introduced in like book two yeah. or three. We are at book three. And but, I'm like, where, girl? Okay, where? well, you met them in this one, but they don't, I don't even think, interact. Who? Um, they're two of the trainees. Blaylock. Oh and, no, you didn't meet Quinn yet. Well, that's... Don't worry, they grow with what you. What a bummer. I just think there could have been a real good story between no. Fury and Rev. Their kiss was insanely saying. hot, and then when he bit his right? lip, I was like... Loved it. So what the fuck is Fury's deal then? I'm. I thought I had finally figured it out. I mean, I. I didn't think. I don't know what I thought, but. Damn it. Do you think that was Fury's first kiss? Well, I don't know him enough to know that. I'm trying to remember maybe. now. I don't know. He didn't seem like a guy that's never done this before. But he's a Did virgin, he? so I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's a virgin a... and do other things. He's a virgin. He's celibate. He, I, he's been celibate oh, since right. he was That's searching true. for that. um, for Z. But I don't know if he had someone post-transition. Because, you know, they say that you need someone to help you through it. Right. I don't know. There was a lot of, like, strangely homoerotic moments in this <laughs> book. Like, just real bizarre. Yeah. Like, not bizarre, but just, like, real, like... What exactly do you want me to feel in this scene, J.R. Ward? I'm not sure right. I know where you're trying to lead me. I'm not opposed to it, but I just, I wonder what the the deal is. Yeah, like, was she trying to put out feelers to see if people would be down for, like, an MM couple? Because like, there's a Butch... solid, like, three scenes Yeah, here, we had Butch and say. V literally, like, right? sharing orgasm together. Right. So. Then there's there's Rev and, and, and Fury, and I feel like there was something else at some point with, like, other characters. I don't know. This brotherhood sure does, like, sure is close. They are very comfortable with one another. Um, okay, yeah. Anyways, um, so that's where we meet the Reverend. And we don't know that the Reverend, the Sin Eater, who is a Sympath, who is another species, um is bella's brother until the end so how okay this is a question i had i had it at the end of my notes because it kind of the book more or less ends with that that. i don't know why we're jumping to that but yeah but because you just brought it up (laughs) i know i'm very confused i am very confused i literally wrote okay not gonna lie i'm hella confused about rev the rev thing him being an is it an empath sympath sympath don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know if that was explained and I just like totally blanked out. He so he's he's that. And is he also a vampire? Um I'm trying to remember. I think he's half and half. And then he's also a drug dealer and he's also part of the aristocracy. I was just very I was like this is a lot. I don't know. No, okay. So he, What's yeah, going he on? sells drugs. Um also takes the drugs. Um, and he is, I think, half and half. I believe they don't share the same father, Bella and him. Well, that's a scandal and a half. I know. I'm trying to remember really what, like, the situation was. 
but yeah, he he's sympath, and that's another like he's not a vampire; he's another species. But what but the fuck is close. that? So they feed on your emotions as well as blood, if I recall correctly. Um, and apparently it just make like he takes like suppressants. So I think he uses was it cocaine? No, it was it. What what was it? I don't know. He heroin? takes something. Was it heroin? He injects it. Yeah, he injects heroin. Something in mentioned. Um, so yeah, um, whatever he takes, like, suppresses the sympath urges, and as a sympath, I believe you just see, like, red. Like, that's what his vision's like. They, they get more into it with his book, for sure. Like, you get more information there. And I'm just, I'm still, I'm still really bummed about the Fury and Rev thing. I really, for sure, thought. I really thought. I mean, Yeah. I'm sad about it now. I thought. I mean, I didn't think. I just remembered as I was reading it. I was like, damn, they were hot. And then nothing happened. Especially because she, she teased it so much with the Fury thing. Like, I know people were, like, holding on to Vicious and, and Butch being, like, a thing. Which I can see. But to me, it's their relationship even though like yeah there's like weird scene in this book i mean not weird again it was kind of hot but um <laughs> i kind of don't see it in an erotic way i kind of see it in like um more like homosocial relationships like just like really tight guys together type of stuff whereas okay. here with the rev thing uh, sorry with the fury thing she kind of like really hammered in that theory because like in the previous book when it's said that he's celibate like mary's first instinct is to go oh so no wait before she knows he's celibate she's like oh is he gay yeah. and then people are like no he's not and then in this book after the whole thing with rev she spends like a whole chapter basically with fury where i think in fury's head yeah we are and he's like he i think is it is it butch because it's butch that walked in right on them or someone walked in uh, on them. no it was like um a server or yeah I john think a server oh um and then the server told someone yeah and then yeah and then the server or whoever told butch and then um butch was like oh shit is he gay right and then yeah. she spends a, a good chunk of a chapter in fury's head as butch is like sort of asking him about it and yeah. I, I was like, why spend time on that? Well, at the time, I was like, oh, the, clearly he's the MM. But now that you're telling me he's not, I'm like, what? why spend time on this? That's that's weird to me. Like, you're kind of baiting. You, I don't like using the, the word baiting. Yeah. But this feels like it's baiting. Because she's really, really yeah. going places that are, like, taking it a little too far if you're not going to go there. Like, that does feel like baiting. Anyway, do you have the answer? Um, okay, so basically the only... Okay, so sympaths can read the emotional grid of other sentient beings. These grids are described as being points laid out in a three-dimensional pattern that indicate their current emotional state and are unique to each person. Most sympaths, however, can block others of their species from reading their own grids. So I guess each have a grid. Um, they feed off emotions. They are able to elicit in a being usually so like they are the ones that like i guess like make them feel that emotion to feed from 
Um, so usually they're not pleasant emotions such as guilt, anger, sadness, etc. Okay. But yeah, so they're f- okay. This is we didn't notice this with Rev. I guess no one looked at his hands. But simpaths have freakishly long hands with six fingers on each hand and three Ew. knuckles on each figure. So fingers. So clearly, I think Rev is half and half. Let's check out his bio. Why the fuck six fingers? That's hot on an alien, but not on a normal fucking guy. Ew. Like vampires, they also have, uh, yeah, they're also hairless, save for the head, hair on their head. Yeah. I fucking wish. I fucking <laughs> wish that was me. I agree. Um, I mean, nothing really else is that different oh their vision is two-dimensional and in shades of red they're the emotional matrix of people however present for oh shit i can't read however presents three dimensionally what mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. okay well i guess that makes sense so they see in two dimensions but like the emotions they can see in three dimensions there you go that did not make sense grammatically but it's fine how the fuck do you see emotions in 3d i don't know how you can see emotions but they do okay so revenge what yeah um revenge was cons- okay oh yeah okay so i think you find out in his book but they don't share the same they don't share the same father him and bella oh god okay so they're another species, but they can clearly pass as vampires if need be. Well, Rev can. Let's ignore the six finger thing because I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to Zetas, who only has five fingers on each end, hand, yeah. as we like him. Well, actually, going back, well, no, not going back to, but in reference to the scene where, you know, she, he was helping her, giving her a bath while she was unconscious. He saw her body. He felt disgusted with himself, referred to his swelling member as. <laughs> I feel like a Romans author. <laughs> swelling member. His engorged shaft. <laughs> and her dark cave. <laughs> moist cave her her, yeah her moist petals or oh god unfurled petals oh god continue (laughs) his swelling member (laughs) um which he refers to with an it refer in, in referring to that he he later on in the book apologizes to her yeah for um that one time that he did all of that 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 happened and saying that you know he tried to cover her as much as possible but um he did see her bo- boobs i wrote he did see her boobs so he did okay. see her boobs yeah um by accident obviously and he got hard and he apologized and i thought that that was a lovely addition like it's 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 not like i don't know it feels like an important scene even though it's a small scene Mm -hmm. that i feel could be disregarded because it's kind of just like you know but to me it's actually really important because even though she was unconscious he made a point of telling her of, of making her aware that something happened which she did not consent to and he apologized for it and, and wanted to make sure that she knew so that he could rectify, you know, yeah. the fact that she's not aware up until that point that that right. happened, that he did see her body without her, you know. And it's just, it's just, again, like, 
it's sad that her experience of what happened to her wasn't really dealt with because it's clear to me that J.R. Ward can write a character like that really well and and like go into the small details of like what would someone who has experienced you know having no ownership of their own body how would they react to certain situations and how would they interact with other people and other bodies and like their relationship with other bodies like she can do it she can do it so yeah but I love that scene. I love that he 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 apologizes. I think that that's like no, it really was, sweet. Because we know how much like he holds consent, like how much importance he holds for consent in terms of like his own self and what he went right. through and how he didn't consent to anything that happened to him. And the only time he's consented to anything was Bella and like what he's experiencing with Bella for the first time. Um, but this okay, this makes me question. How did you feel about then? his treatment or his way of rationalizing having sex with the human prostitutes uh what was his rationale no that i don't know if it's just like does he think that just because he pays for them it's okay because they don't want it they're afraid of him they aren't even wet when uh he's ready why does he do it you know because he doesn't even come so it begs the question, like, what is the point? They're not enjoying it. He's not enjoying it. At, or at least maybe he is enjoying it, but to a point, because obviously he doesn't let himself go all the way. So what's the point of the feeding? Unless it's the whole idea of, like, trying to claim it back. Oh, I thought you were going like, to say the feeding, just, like, the fact that he gets turned on. So he's just, like, true. might as well. Like, he, it's kind of like a physical thing not that, like a emotional thing yeah. for him that could be it too although to be honest we were never really in his head when he is feeding and when we are it's not like for anything like he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah and it's not something good um i don't know i don't have thoughts but maybe that's because like like you said we didn't really see that so we can't really speak on something that like we don't know truly why he does it or what what he's thinking when he's doing it but i do think like if i had to make an assumption i i personally would think that it's just like a physical reaction to the feeding feeding. that like he just he does it they don't enjoy it he doesn't enjoy it but it's just like he gets hard okay but tmi Imagine not being ready for, like, his tree trunk. <laughs> Enormous. Ow. That's the word. That is the word that she uses in the book. Enormous. I wrote it down. Enormous with, like, a bunch of everyone, S's. Yeah, everyone keeps talking about how big his dick is. And I'm like, ow. Like, can you imagine? He's literally a twig at this point in the book. Like, can you imagine? How is he not falling over? <laughs> okay, now that you just said that, I'm literally just imagining that stupid-ass book we read. It wasn't stupid. It was just, like, traumatizing now that I'm thinking about it in terms of Z. Which one? The one... Sorry, it's not stupid. I shouldn't say that. But the one... I actually enjoyed it. The one <laughs> where... Stupid-ass book that I enjoyed. <laughs> no. You remember? It was part of the anthology. Uh, was it Big Feels? Mm-hmm. Where the demon needed, you know, sex to get bigger. And, like, he was just carrying around, like, this big-ass dick. Until he kept feeding and feeding. And he, like 
he grew oh. with his dick. <laughs> yes. And we were like, how, but he was tiny. He was like this little tiny guy yeah. with like a huge dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a fair question that we had because it was like a third leg, yeah. literally in this case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, listen, Zetas has a huge dick and the rest of his body is skinny as hell, but not that part. That part is. Yeah. But then, I mean, he, he, he grows into it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he grows into his dick. He does. He really does. By the end he of does. It, he does. Did. Other parts of his body swell as well. He becomes enormous all over. Yeah. His legs are like serious, like ginormous trees in the end. His arms don't even, I don't even, I don't, he's just massive all around. Um, anyways, all this, the feeding, the opening up, the talking right. through things. Yeah. Where are you leading us? Something amazing, which is. Leads to him crying when he's nutting. What? He nuts and cries. Yeah, but you totally skipped over their first kiss. I don't remember their first kiss. Set the scene. So basically, they are talking, um, and Bella just feels like this immense urge to like kiss him in gratitude. So she pecks him on the lips when they're lying in bed, and um, he's like, "What the hell was that?" And he's like, he just freezes and he's like, "I don't know what that is." And then she's like, "Do you do you want me to do it again?" Because he he tells her he's like, "I've never kissed anyone before, and I've never been kissed." And she's like, "Do you want me to do it again?" He's like yeah i don't know what that is but he's like okay then do it again but do it slowly and like she basically talks him through it and she's like all right i'm gonna kiss you now and i'm gonna put my hand here and um and then like she introduces the tongue and like he gets right. it gets hella hot and he's right. like extra horny and he's legit gyrating on the bed um and she like sucks a titty piercing gyrating and- fucking hate that word he literally is like triumphing the sheets at this point he, he is i just hate that word what do you want to say i don't know fucking the bed humping the sheets <laughs> humping the sheets yeah well, gyrating fine, jesus humping christ the sheets as she's sucking on his titty piercing yeah yeah anyways i loved it i loved his first kiss it was like amazing it was good, but for me, clearly, um, the enormous dick did it. Uh, I was more focused on the after part, what comes after that, which is... No, but that doesn't come till later, because, like, the whole point this kiss stops is because she leans onto his chest and puts her weight on him, and it, like, his PTSD kicks in again, yeah. and he, like, automatically is thrown back to when he was with the mistress, because she True. only had, like, she only raped him while, like, you know, obviously she was sitting she was on, on top, him. yeah. Yeah, she's on top. And so, like, that, like, you know, makes him, like, pulls him out of his, like, first time, you know, going through with, like, his arousal and following through. And he feels like, you know, like, what the hell? Like, I'm never going to be okay again or at all. And, yeah. But still, I just want to go to the, <laughs> the oh fact that he, okay, that he cries when he comes. Well, we need to set the scene. Isn't it, like, the whole, like... Yeah, set the scene. Set the scene. Okay, so basically, everyone's uber horny in this book, right? But Bella, she is, like, extra, extra horny, okay? And she only wants Z, and she's like, dude, it's you or no one. I'm literally just not... I'm gonna be a nun. Just give me your dick. And so basically, he gives in. He decides that this will only be about Bella for Bella, and he... (laughs) 
finally gets to like live his dream and eat her out and will legit do it forever and he got so comfortable i loved it like i love the line it was something like he looked like a man who would like be there for a while or something like that yeah um anyway so he thinks it's all well and done because she's like come a million times and she still wants the d <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so she turns around, and, like, she knows his preferred, like, sexual position, so she gets in place, and he doesn't want her that way, and, like, he's had, like, all his other sexual partners in that way, but he doesn't want that, and he turns her over, but is still convinced his, like, his cum is diseased, and he doesn't want it in her. Yeah. Um, so anyways, she's having the time of her life. She's, like, you know, she came Enjoying and all that, herself. but he didn't. Yeah. And he literally pulls out and runs into the bathroom. And now she follows him, and now you can talk about your situation. Right. She gives him a hand job, realizing that he's never come. That You know, they have that brief conversation where he she figures it out. Yeah. And she convinces him or coerces him really into giving him a hand job until completion, which she does. And he comes and he cries. Okay, you're missing all of it. <laughs> I just want to get to the crying part. <laughs> you're so annoying. Okay, so basically what happens is that she's trying to, like, you know, make him, you know, come from her hands, and things aren't happening. He's more or less plateaued, and he's like, I I can't do this. Like, I need pain. So he literally uses her hand to squeeze him. That's true. I forgot about that. And he literally comes because he's in pain. And she's like, I can't believe you put me through that. Like, I never, I don't ever want to cause you pain. I don't ever want to, you know, do that with you or hurt you in that way and yeah now and then yeah he cries <laughs> then he cries yeah. <laughs> which i've said like a billion times did you know that he <laughs> cries when he comes no but really water leaks from his eyes <laughs> water leaks when his eyes from his eyes when it leaks well other substances leak from elsewhere yeah they're attached but bella flees the room um right because she didn't like what she was a part of. Um, but, yeah, how did you feel about that scene in its entirety? From, like, him finally experiencing, like, consensual sexual activities to, like, in the end not being able to come from right. pleasure. But in pain instead. I would say my main thought about that whole sequence, really. Um, and this is where I want to bring up the point that I said earlier that I was going to wait um, it's mostly something about Bella, which I think is another critique of her character that I had, yeah. which I felt, this is the point in the book where I felt like Bella isn't very patient with mm-hmm. Z. I felt that it's, it was always what she wanted when she wanted it. Like, it's very much on her terms and I feel like his perspective or, like, his timeline as far as, like, his emotional, physical timeline, if you yeah. will, if, like, we can call it that, isn't really considered. It's kind of just, like, she wants it and she's like, I want to give you a hand job, so I will type of stuff. Like, it felt a little bit pushy sometimes, especially yeah. for a character 
with his kind of background like it did make me a little uncomfortable at times because it just it felt like he was doing it just for her rather than doing it for him or felt kind of like pushed into the situation so he was like oh okay I guess like make me come yeah I don't know what about I you? could see that um I'm trying to think like did she know the full extent of what he would like what he went through at this time I know that she, there was a time that she talked to Fury about situations and he's like let's I think tell she you. does like, he'll never tell me I think she does um okay no I'm just uh, yeah I do agree sometimes she was a little too pushy but I honestly feel like it wasn't like out of malicious like she wasn't malicious about like what she was doing no and it was like you said it was just like out of not a lack of patience it's more so like maybe like i don't know why i'm trying to defend her actions but it's like maybe it was like from maybe he will enjoy it and not like she's like i guess imposing her own expectations maybe Mm. and her own like her own desires and not really reading the room like i get that part of it could be like when you have someone like z who obviously is quite emotionally stunted in some ways because of what happened to him having someone who kind of helps him push through his own I want to call it bullshit but that's like that feels really wrong you know what I mean like just help him push him through his walls um I understand it I see it I just feel like it walks that line between like her sort of helping him move past it and her Mm -hmm. kind of just obtaining what she wants and like I don't again like the the when I say patient I don't mean her as a character I mean like how she was written so it's like externally not internally like her own actions I think it's like the plot like the way the book is written the way her character is written the way it moves at uh, the pace that it has kind of imposes that where she's she's pushing a lot but not because internally she wants not because like you said it's not like malicious it's just it's externally imposed but through her if that makes sense I feel like that doesn't make sense it makes sense in my head (laughs) no it makes sense and I feel like with the timeline of the book that's why I feel like like you said maybe if they had two books or maybe if they had the whole book to themselves um, we would have been able to see that, like, progression and, like, the the pauses in between, I think, if they had more page time. Another thing that is definitely, like, d- definitely pushing things forward in a more, like, forceful way that's, like, kind of imposed on both of them at once is her needing. Yes, that was my next point. So we get the the bdb equivalent of a heat yeah she goes into heat i mean i kind of knew this was coming for some reason i don't know i had like a i sussed it out i don't know Uh, all right well i mean because she has that she has that that appointment with the doctor guy and like he says something kind of like He's like, oh, she's close too, and then never finishes that sentence or something like that. Something like that. Uh, And right away I was like, "Mm, I think I know where this is going. (laughs) So, so yeah. So she she goes into needing, which obviously forces both of them 
okay, it forces everyone in the house, let's be honest. Right, They're yeah, all everyone's breakfast, horny. And, like, yeah. the women are, like, eating, and then the men just feel restless, and literally, all of a sudden, they all spring a boner. The fact and... that Wrath fucking jumped on Beth, I, like... I never felt particularly hot for Wrath, but, like, right? in that scene, I was like, okay, boy. <laughs> no, and then you have, like, um, poor Mary's bringing in, like, right. more coffee. It's like, come more coffee, guys. And then Ray just, like, rips it out of her hand and, like, I don't even know where he took her. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, you have all these men that are, like, springing tree trunks in their pants. Oh, my God. I remember what the other scene is. Isn't it vicious and, and, and is it? it's butch again like they're in his room bo- both like sporting boners because of that situation no, like f- they're smoking fury pot. and v fury and v okay yeah, well they went to- butch went with john matthew to haver's is right yeah you're right yeah yeah, yeah so it's fury so, and v in so the that's bed. that's the other the the third like duo that's just doing weird things yeah <laughs> i don't know I mean, they, there's nothing happens between them. It's just funny no. that they're both like sitting in bed with boners, smoking pot, trying to yeah. forget that this is happening. <laughs> like, no. what is going um, on? Anyways, so Z right off the bat is like, shit. I, I don't I don't know if I can do this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, it's her needing. I I don't want this. And then he goes to Fury and Fucking he's like, Fury, Fury you, again. You gotta do this. You yeah. gotta go help her through her needing. And then Fury's like, no, she doesn't want me. She wants you. It's not fair to her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's okay. Just do it. Like, I'm not going to do it. And then V is like, so you're going to leave her suffering? And he's like, I'll go do it. And he gets up. And then, like, Z literally has a fit. And he goes, like, berserk and attacks him. And, like, clearly he's a bonded male at this point. But he's not allowing himself to acknowledge that. Yeah. And V is like, I wasn't actually going to go take care of her. Like, I'm just trying to get you to, like, get off your ass and go yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Um. Poor Z. But, like, he needs to not do that. She clearly only wanted you. And she's only ever expressly yeah. said she wanted you. <sighs> and then she goes. No, sorry. Then he goes to uh, help her through. And he has the morphine beside her bed. And he's like, it's either the meds or me. Like, what do you want? And she's like, I want you. Thus starts their sescabade. And that further pushes him in the sense that, like, now not only is he, he is he nutting again but he's nutting in her and i don't know i've yeah. never i've n- literally never used the word nutting in my whole life and suddenly i'm saying i don't, know, why are you saying I don't fucking know <laughs> me apparently <laughs> um yeah. yeah now he's do he's 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 releasing if you will um in and her. he's finally experiencing it from pleasure for the first right. time right 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 loved it so that was a thing. That was a a, a yeah. big thing. I enjoyed that. He helps her through. She feeds from him, mm-hmm. and he like feels like he's like you know feel he feels like an accomplished ma- male. Exactly, and um, does it? I think it's he wakes up and then he sees himself still hard, and he decides to reacquaint himself with his dick was right it yeah, yeah i think so and then she wakes up sees that in he stops realizing like what he was doing okay so basically so basically yeah so so he wakes up first notices he's hard thinks back to when she gave him the hand job thinks like maybe i can do that again um he's never 
done that before, obviously. Like we said before, like it was an it prior. So it was just like not a thing. He literally tries to keep touching it to a bare minimum. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and she's still asleep. So, you know, he starts giving himself a hand job. She wakes up. He notices that she's awake and then like that kind of stops him in his movement quite literally. And um, he like realizes what he was doing and then she's like, no, 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 keep going. So he does and he again, once again brings him brings himself to completion. Um, and I just want to say like I feel like that scene to me personally is actually more powerful and important than the sex scenes between them two. Like, his, his reacquaint, like, him reacquaint, well, what's the word I'm looking for? Reacquainting. Reacquainting, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, himself with that part of his body, with his own body in that way, felt yeah. more important to me than any of the sex scenes between them two. No, I agree, and, like, he says it, like, during that scene, I believe, I think it's then, he basically never really even touched himself. He lost those years where males who just transitioned to explore themselves sexually and get comfortable with who they are post-transition. He, he literally says, like, they probably do this a hundred times a day yeah. after transition. And he got those years robbed from him. And I thought the scene was so important because J.R. Ward gave him that time to, like you said, reacquaint himself, but also, like, learn to love himself in a way and also, like, feel comfortable touching himself because he's never done that and... I don't know. I just I thought the scene was really important, and also in the scene he started not calling his his dick it. He called it dick, I think. Oh, I don't he remember, start- but probably that would make sense. Yeah, he started like not associating it as something detached from him, but something mm-hmm. a part of him. Yeah, no, I just love that scene, and I love that while he like when he, you know, was starting to get afraid or like I guess the past was creeping back in. He had Bella beside him to help him through it. And I also love the scene after. We didn't we didn't even talk about it. So, like, basically, he runs to the kitchen to get food for Bella because she's ravenous. And um, he, like, saves all the best pieces of chicken for her. <laughs> that was so cute. Food is not my, my love language. So I feel, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. But I feel like that that wasn't romantic to me. Like, the fact that he, he kept the... The best parts for her. No, but like, I just love, like, the way he was thinking about it and the way he's talking about it. Like, the way he's fussing over making sure it was, like, the right piece of meat for her. And how, like, he obviously hasn't eaten yeah any meat, anything besides green apples for, like, I don't know how many years. And, like, I don't know who was in the kitchen there. I think it was Fury. And, like, he's scarfing down the, this meat that he doesn't think is, you know... I guess, worthy of Bella. And it's just, like, he's, like, finally, like, not learning to live, but, like, certainly learning to eat again. Why Um, do they eat? Why do they eat? Yeah. Isn't blood their main source of food? No. I think J.R. Ward. I think it's written in the sense where, like, they're vampires, but they still need food to survive. Like, their diet is blood and food. And because they are mortal beings, like, they do age, but, like, it's, like, a, they don't age for, like, hundreds and hundreds of years. So, so, kind of, um, going towards a character's, oh, that's a bad transition. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
Can we talk about John for a hot sec? Yeah, sure. So, baby John. Um, I, I, I love that he goes to talk to, um, a therapist Mm -hmm. and that he, after one of the, the, his sessions, he's with, I think it's Butch that's with him in the car. I think it's during the meeting. So like they went to see the, the therapist with John. Um, and I just love that afterwards he asks Butch to, like he gives him a a place to go and butch is like why are we going there it's like a really bad like neighborhood like there's nothing there like why would would we go there and then we understand that john was revisiting the stairwell where he got assaulted sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. um and i just i loved that like tidbit of information like like it Anyone who's done therapy will, like, understand the, like, importance of going back to the place where it happened. And, like, especially as you're going through your process and you're hopefully doing better, like, kind of putting yourself back in that place and, like, acknowledging how you're doing much better now and, like, how you've moved on and blah, blah, blah. And then I love that he he says that he writes about his experience because that, too, is, like, a thing that, like, they ask you to do. Like, write, write, you know, write to the person that hurt you, write to yourself, your past self, write about the experience, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, we fucking love a man that goes to therapy when he needs it. I know. We love it. I feel like if if more men, fictional men, went to therapy, (laughs) there wouldn't be (laughs) be romance novels. Let's be honest. Uh, Z really needed therapy. Yeah. Um, Well, that's my other point. I was like, I really wish him and and I really hope that him and and John get to have a, a conversation at one point. Because Z does say that he was assaulted by men as well. Um, so I hope that they get to have a chat at some point, talk about their experience. But yeah, I just love that little tidbit of info about John. Speaking of, um, Zadist and John, Matthew, how did you feel about, um, I guess the start of their, their relationship, their bond in a way? Like first we have Z disregarding him and saying like, I can't read, yeah. so don't even, yeah. you know, look at me or don't even try to like write something out because I'm not going to be able to understand it. Yeah. And then we go- jump to him standing up for him and actually sitting with him on the bus after, you know, Lash and the other trainees did what yeah. they did. He was bullied. Um, yeah. How did you feel about that? Loved Seeing it. All that? Loved it. It's the yeah. quiet moments. It, yeah. it, it always is. Like it's, it's, yes, like loud gestures are nice, but for me in a book, whether it's like a romantic situation or just like a situation like this between John and and Z, like it just, it always speaks so much louder for me when it's the little Mm -hmm. things. Like he didn't do anything. Well, I mean, he, he did, he does like he, he, he sits on the bus with them, but they don't say anything. They don't talk about it. He just just does. They just share his apple. Yeah. It's just like that, 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 the fact that he just, doesn't question it doesn't want to embarrass john doesn't want to doesn't mention it he just does something it's just i love it i love that part i i I do i do so that's why also like i hope that that can lead towards like more and it's like it's kind of heartbreaking actually when um at the end uh z goes like fury has his like 
you know, he's 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 struggling with the drugs. Um, and uh, don't goes, get to the end yet. Well, no, but I just like the fact that like Z goes to them as as they're going to like because John wants to train and oh, like yeah, yeah. wants Fury's help and like the fact that Z goes to them and like both of them are like, oh, you you want to join? Like, of course you're welcome. Like, you don't need to ask. No, and then I love how was it like Wrath? I believe that like kind of gets emotional and he's like, "Welcome back, brother," or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, ah. um, but yeah, um, we have a lot of unhappy moments before we get to the happy moments. <laughs> that being, um, post meeting, Bella is about to leave because, um, you know, revenge. He pulled black the back the seclusion request or whatever, which we can get into, but um. More or less, her stay is done. Z realized he's getting too attached to her, and he's like, he doesn't want that. Um, so he knows that she's latching on still, and she still wants to be with him, come what may. Z decides to basically sabotage their uh, their relationship. It's not even a relationship yet. Um, whatever they have, he decides to sabotage it. And how he does that is he actively goes searching for a human one, woman to drink from because he didn't want their bond to grow um, with drinking from Bella. Um, and he still wants her to go find a male of worth. And he knows, he believes it can never be him. Um, and he thinks it'll be more difficult if he has her blood to leave her. Like, he thinks it'd be too hard. So he f- goes and finds a woman. He goes to the club. He makes a show of drinking the human um, despite um, Bella appearing in that moment and begging him not to, he still disregards her wishes and her own desires in that point and drinks. And obviously he feels horrible about it, but at that point he's so far gone. He's like, doesn't matter, she hates me. Mm-hmm. He wants the best for her. And then isn't that also when after the fact she goes to Fury? And he drinks from her, or is that later? Um, that's after she decides to leave. So she feels heartbroken, and she goes back. He feels sick with himself, um, and he, she's like full well decides to, she's leaving. She's like, there's nothing for her here. She's going back. Her brother wants her. They've had this conversation. They've talked. They said that you know, whatever. Their relationship's good now. So she decides to um, go and leave, and they decide to have like a serious goodbye fucking and she's still she's over at this point she's like peace out and yeah fury i don't know he needs to feed i believe fury needs to feed and then bella offers because she's like she's not attached to zetist anymore and she can do this for zetist's brother so she yeah. lets him feed. and they they ask butch to stay in the room because like both of them are kind of like weirded out by that you know obviously she doesn't want to feed him yeah butch is like why am i here (laughs) very uncomfortable in the situation um and fury feeds from her and we figure out that she is pregnant yeah yeah after z he's like um so do i need do i need to worry like are you are you pregnant and she's like no i'm not i i know i'm getting my period suit right she's in such denial i'm like girl hello i mean if a vampire that's just drank from your blood can clearly tell that you are pregnant then yeah believe them (laughs) 
No, well, no, she did, but, like, before that, like, she was telling Zetas, like, no, I'm not, like, I know I'm getting my period soon, and then that's when, like, when she, like, Fury feeds from her, she's like, oh, shit, I guess. No, she just... hit the fan. No, she's still in denial. She's like, no, I've, I, I'm, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, cramping. Oh. I don't remember. I think at that point, I think she knew, because he Well, knows. I don't think she knew. At least from from how I understood it, she didn't. She still didn't know, unless because it was in Fury's perspective, he knew, but that he never. I guess they never talked about it. I think it ended with him knowing what it was, but them like him not even naming what it was in his head. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. She's preggers, and Z uh, has fully like I don't know. He's he's lost himself and again in a way where he just like. I don't even know. Explain it. I'm, like, having a brain fart. I don't know why. What about? <laughs> Nothing. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> so that O guy thinks that she's dead. <laughs> and then he goes right. and then Taurus girl dies. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not getting there yet. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, what happens is that, like you said, O thinks... She's dead, never coming back. But then he realizes that the scarred one has her. And so he makes, like, he, for some, I don't know how he gets Z's number. I don't remember. Um, and so basically he contacts Z and he's like, come alone. And during that time, we have Welsi, who is, yes, torments Shalen, his wife, his very pregnant wife. Um, she's going to go buy apples for, like, their winter solstice festival. And apples are very, like, significant for, like, their ritual and their culture. And sadly, she dies. She's killed by a bullet. Yeah. How did you feel about that whole death? Like, did you expect her to die? No. I wasn't, like, I, I to be perfectly honest, I did not have much of a reaction I was kind of just like, oh, okay. I mean, because I want, I was interested in their story. I'm still interested in their story, even though, like, she dies. I wouldn't mind, like, a little prequel novella, you know, how they met. Yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, that kind of sucks. And then, like, moved on right away. Because the plot literally just moves on. So I'm like, okay. The plot, yeah, it just moves on. But, like, for me, I don't know why. I think it just kept hitting me like harder and harder every time I read this book I don't know why but I remember the first time I was really like torn up about it because like I don't even know if I was like because I was like I thought I was under the impression that I'm not promised a happily ever after but like I expected because they're made it and expecting a baby that everything was gonna be fine I don't know what it was but anyways I think what broke my heart was that Tor was feeling her die and his chest was hurting. He was feeling off. And, like, he just doesn't... Yeah. He didn't know why. And John Matthews trying to comfort him. And then the way that the brothers came and told him. And, like, you know, he's like, you know what? No, don't tell me. Like, don't tell me what you're going to say. Like, I don't want to know. And then he's like, it was the baby, right? Like, the baby killed her and all the stuff. And then he realizes that it wasn't the baby. That she literally, like, was going to keep living. Um, if it wasn't for the lesser. And it was just like, I don't know. The way that it was just... It was heartbreaking because John Matthews crying silently in the corner and like his own adopted father is like not even like paying attention to him. He's very much in his own pain. And I just felt like it was such a like it was well written in the sense for like 
even though it was a short scene, I really felt the emotion. Yeah, I I felt it a little bit more when we were in his POV, but just like the scene itself, like the death itself is very not descriptive at all. Yeah. It literally just ends with like something like and then he shot or something. Or something the gun went off or something like that and you're just like, yeah. oh, "Okay, so then she's dead." But yeah. Still, I don't know. I, I, there was a little bit of confusion for me as well. Like during that whole part, like he goes missing after that. Zadist is like arguing that it's his. Like it should be, like his that 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 guy like owes death should be his. Like he owes to it deliver. To yeah, that. like blah, blah blah. I was that was a little confusing to me. It didn't help that like what I realized with um J.R. Ward's writing dialogue specifically is that it doesn't always say like it's, it's not like blah 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 Seth said blah 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 Marjorie mm-hmm. said especially when there's like I mean it's obviously a huge cast of characters so like you do have scenes where there's like several characters so when you're doing the audiobook it is harder sometimes to keep track of like who's saying what and that scene specifically yeah. struck me because it was like a lot of like dialogue 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 with no like he said she said whatever like no names no nothing just like dialogue so i was like ah eh, who's saying what and then that so i feel like it's easier to read that in a book though like i didn't i didn't encounter that issue mm. um so, I don't know, maybe it was, like, it has something to do with the audio? I don't know. Well, I mean... I didn't really feel that. He's not my favorite, any like, the narrator. He's not my favorite. Like, he, he doesn't... Usually, like, if you get parts like that in a book, the intonation of certain characters make you understand, like, who's talking. But oh, this right, narrator yeah. doesn't really do that. Like, all the brothers oh. basically have the exact same voice. So, it's, like, oh. it's very hard in a scene like that to figure out, like, who the fuck is talking here. Like, all yeah. the women have one voice and all the males have one voice. Oh, that's boring. Yeah, so it's not very dynamic in that way. Yeah. All right, so basically that yeah. scene happens, but then Fury cannot let his brother go, despite Zeta saying, like, you, you know, we gotta let, you gotta let things go. Um, Fury, his whole reason of existing is Zeta's. So he knows if Zeta's goes, he'll, like, he'll probably die. Um, and since Mr. O asked... You know, Zeta's go by himself. No one can go with him. Um, and anyways, so Fury decides to drug his brother with the morphine that they had by the bed because, you know, that was for Bella's needing. Drugs Zetas, cuts off his hair, scars his face, and takes his place and goes. And Zetas wakes up frantic because he's like, Fury just did a thing and a thing Whoa, that we wait did a not minute. Want him you to cannot, do. like, bypass fury like the the absolute fucking emotions that were going on when fury was literally like going door to door to like each member of his brotherhood like thank you like i don't think i ever said how much i loved like having you as my king blah 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 like he goes to every person and then lastly his brother zadist and he's like i love you brother and then that's when he gives him the drug like that was emotional you can't like bypass that okay I was like, oh my god, Fury. Like, I kind of fucking love you. It was emotional. Yeah. I felt it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I felt it. Wow. Sounds so honest. No, I mean, like... I, <laughs> Genuine. Like, I understood how much Zeta's existence means to him, and I understand that he kind of made his whole life, like, I guess, re- 
revolve around Zetas. That's that's the end point. Like he his life was like blah, blah, I can't speak today. It revolves around Zetas. And for him, for Zetas to be like, you gotta like let me go and live your own life, what does that mean for Fury? He doesn't know what that means. Um, so yeah, I understood why he did what he did. But that's not just that. Like, he also knows that she's pregnant. So he's also like, Zetas, you have a place here. Like, you need to stay here. You're going to be needed. Like, it's not just about you anymore. You have, like, a little one coming, which Zetas doesn't know at this point. But, um, so, like, that was, that added to it for me. Because it was like, Fury was, was, like, kind of thinking, like, one of us has to do this. And we might not survive it. Like, whoever goes will not survive it. And yeah. if it's between you and me, you have more to live for right now. And, like, that that does mean a lot to me. Because remember Fury in the last book literally was saying, like, we're just waiting for him to die. Mm-hmm. It's a complete flip where you understand that, like, Fury has grown as a character. And, like, their relationship as brothers has changed. Because now he's like, no, you have something to live for that I don't and I would rather see you live and be happy and have your little family and like I should be the one to go I don't know yeah I felt no I I I think it was an important scene and I love no I won't get into that yet I don't remember if it happens now or happens later but um you know I I thought it was it was a great great sequence of scenes but anyways, so Fury goes, he gets, like, basically tortured by Mr. O. Z is like, I need you, Bella, because, you know, y- you guys fed. I'm sorry, he- Fury fed from you, so I need you to track him down. And so um, they find out where uh, Fury is being kept. And Z basically goes, like, ham on Mr. O. And um, it's not him that actually kills Mr. O. Bella. It did not go home like she said she was gonna go. I rolled and my eyes so hard. I was like, "He just told her to go. How much you bet she's gonna be back in five seconds?" And then I was, and then she was obviously. Of course. And I was like, "You better not fucking get hurt. Like I'm not here for this drama." Thankfully, she didn't. <laughs> I was no. like, "Thank God, that's the saving grace no. at this moment." Z is the one that gets really hurt, and um. During that time, Bella gets to kill her abuser, and I thought that was a really good scene. And I loved that she was like to Z and Fury, like, "Do I do I do it like this? Like, how do I do it?" And she actually gets to kill her abuser, and I thought that was a beautiful scene. Did you feel like she actually acknowledged that really in the scene? No, she did not. So where's the emotional impact? Because you're right, I hadn't actually realized until this very moment when you said that that she was killing her abuser in that moment because it's not. It's not really said. It's not reflected upon. It's not... She doesn't have that thought. All she's thinking about is like, oh my god, I'm about to kill a guy. How do I do it? Yeah. That's all she's thinking. But you're right. Like, that should be so important. important. That should be something that she's thinking about. No, I agree. And like you said, I don't... I I really don't think she mentions it at all. She was just focused, like, laser-focused on, like, making sure Z is okay. Because I think he's unconscious at this point. And I really did not, like, this is another gripe of mine. The only feeding we get to see for Zetas and Bella is when he's literally dying. Right. And wanted something, like, hot. And he's just, like, feeding because he needs to survive. Right. And that introduced 
more confusion for me <laughs> because Fury feeds from her and realizes right away that she's pregnant. But when Zadis does, he seems fucking clueless. But I thought because Fury had realized it, I was like, oh, okay, so now Zadis knows for sure. So when he's like still pushing her away and afterwards and because she's going to go and he's like, yeah, go. I was imagining fully that it was like him being like, oh, I know she's pregnant with my child and I, they're better off without me. But no, because then in the epilogue, or not the epilogue, but like the last chapter, we realize it. We realize that he didn't know. So I was like very confused. Why didn't he know? I think it comes down, it really just comes down to Fury having fed from other vampire women before. And Zetas has never fed from any, any woman besides, I guess, the mistress because she force fed him. But he doesn't probably know how to differentiate between different tastes. He's never he's never tasted Bella before, and he probably doesn't even know what it would taste like if someone was pregnant. I mean, I don't know how you would tell that unless like you have experiencing like I guess sorry experience feeding from. I feel women. like that's like the kind of thing that's like instinctual. Like they all instinctually had never they had never been uh, close to a woman that's in needing before. Like none of them had encountered that, and yet they all yeah. instinctively knew what that center like was it wasn't just a scent it was like a, a like a, a shock wave of arousal well yeah but they just they knew so i feel like that's something that you should know like that's inst- instinctual like you know you can tell from the blood that something's different but he didn't i, mean... I was very confused about that i honestly just pinned it down to z not really being able to read blood two i really don't think was he emotionally able to make that differentiation at that point like was he able to like actually be like oh something's a bit off maybe she's pregnant you know like i don't think mentally he was there and emotionally i don't think he knew what that would even mean for him so i really don't think he could pick it up at all but that's just my opinion Fair. It could just be lazy writing. I don't know. I don't know. Because then for me, when I, I thought that that's what was going on, I was like, well, that justifies him still being stuck on the like, oh, you need to go. You're better off without me. Because I was like, okay, that makes sense now. He's like, oh, my God, yeah. I've impregnated her with my poisonous <laughs> swelling <Offspring>. penis. <laughs> you know, like. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, he feels guilty about it. And he thinks that, like, she feels disgusted that he did that to her. Like, that's what I was imagining. I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. But then that's Hmm. not it. So I was like, why is he... Now I'm, like, questioning why he's he was holding on to that still. Yeah. In that moment. But whatever. I don't know. That's how I read it. But, I mean, that's my opinion. So I don't know. I feel... I think I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. You said you said that's my opinion, and I just had that meme where it's like the woman is screaming, "That's my opinion." <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Anyways. I kind of gone through everything. I just had I two quick things think. that I want to talk about. Yeah. One being, I love that Z's first I love you was to his brother Fury. Yeah. And I just felt like that was really important for him to recognize his love for his brother and actually acknowledge it 
and just express it because Fury has zero positive, I guess, situations of affection. I don't know how to word it, but yeah. it's like um, Z's first, I guess, like hug as well. I love how it was with Fury, like the brother that's been with him through thick and thin. Like, I just loved it. And I love like <laughs> Z's basically like brace yourself because I'm about to hug you. And yeah, it just goes back to like the whole idea of Fury not even having any form of physical contact with his brother that he loves so much that was positive besides, you know, the beatings that he had to hurt his brother since that was the only way he was allowed to touch him at that time. Yeah. To now being able to express love between each other and like have affection between each other and like express it physically as well. I just thought like I love that it was with Fury he experienced that for the first time. Yeah, there's also that beautiful moment where uh, Bella walks into, is it Fury's room? She's looking for Zeta. She goes to Zeta's room. He's not there, so she's told that he's in Fury's room. And she walks in and she says that they're both lying on Fury's bed back to back. And she like yeah. she mentions that it's kind of like when they were in the room together. And I was I just yeah. thought that that was like a lovely little comment. Like that I just imagining these two grown ass warrior guys just like you know sleeping back to back close to each other, like just showing that the the power of and, and you know of that bond that yeah. they share. Because they never even got to express it. Yeah. Pre Zadis, you know, abuse. Because maybe, like, maybe for a few days. Because I think it was like they only, like, his parents only had him for like two months or something. And then he was taken Insane. From them. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, I love that we were able to see, like, their, re- like, relationship progress and see it in a positive light. But yeah. So basically, Bella still decides to leave. And Zay, I can't speak shit. I'm like, I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm done tonight. Um, anyways, uh, Zaytis, you know, in Bella's absence, decides to better himself in the sense where he decides to not let go of his past, but like grow from it. And um, he knows he's got to do better. He knows he's got to be better. So. He has a convo with uh, Fury that he's going to try and live. And this is when he really, like, cements to Fury. Like, you're going to have to live your own life without me. And don't live for me. And I love that he had to make that differentiation with that. And he also, like, starts to do other things for himself. And that being burning the mistress's skull. which Which was a reminder of all that he's been through. And him killing his abuser and reminding himself that he's killed his abuser. Um, and I also love a little tidbit of him going to Mary and asking for her help and asking, you know, how was her experience with like those with autism and teaching them how to read and like, you know, teaching them like everyday situations. Like, how was that? Like, did you laugh at them? Like, how was that going? And like, I just loved all of it. And I just, yeah. How did you feel about that whole, like, it was basically like a montage. Yeah, it was really cute. I, 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 I like that. In the end, he he wanted to make himself like a better man or find himself for himself, but for her as well, because he's still holding on to that thought that like she deserves better, which is like yeah. But yeah, no, I I I did really enjoy that that as like an ending, you know. At first, I was kind of a bit like, 
not like mad, but I kind of wanted it to, you know, be explored a bit more and shown more on page. But then I also really liked that we only kind of saw it or saw his change when Bella saw it. And like, I love that it was him doing it for himself. I saw it more as like him doing it for himself. And like while, yeah, he was going to like, you know, better himself because he wanted to be a better man for Bella. He never really like told her he was trying to get her back. It was more so like he was content with even just being her friend. And I love that he didn't, he did it without expecting anything from Bella. And it was, I don't know. I just think personal growth needs to be a personal decision and not because someone told you to do something or absolutely that yeah. you hope to get something out of it. And mm-hmm. Z never really expected anything out of his personal growth. Yeah. I will say, though, at this point, I was still under the assumption that he knew she was pregnant. Oh, okay. So, okay. so when I read it I or listened to it. I thought, and I thought it was kind of beautiful because my, I thought that where it was going was that he wanted to make those changes in his life because he knew that he would maybe have a child and that he wanted to be the person that taught those things to his child. Like, I fully thought that's where it was going. I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. Like, he's like, I want to learn how to write. I want to learn how to read so I can read to my child, so I can teach my child, be the person that's there to teach him or her how to write. Like, I fully thought that that's where we were going, and I was crushed when it was like, I'm pregnant. He was like, what? I was like, what do you mean, what? You didn't know this whole time? No, but then, see, on the flip side, I love that it was for him. He wanted to read for him. He wanted to learn to write for him. And it was just, like, because, yeah, he wanted to obviously be better to be, you know, seen with Bella. He felt like that's where his worth lied or laid, laid, where his worth laid. Um, But at the same time, he still did it for himself. He wasn't to be able to read to his child. It wasn't to be able to, like, you know teach all these things to his child it was for him and I feel think that was really important and I loved that you know when he found out that Bella was pregnant it was like oh my gosh like what the hell like I don't I don't know what to do but I'm here for it like I'm ready for it not ready but like he was like here for it with Bella I don't know to me doing it for a child of yours is still doing it for yourself it's not the same as doing it for a for like a lover because I think I mean, I'm not a parent, obviously, but I I would assume that if you are a parent, you it kind of shows you a different side of yourself. Like it, it shows you a, a new worth in who you are. Like now you have this yeah. thing to care for and it shows you like I am important and I'm I'm here and like I have this child to prove it and like blah 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 blah. So I don't know. For me, there's like it's it's not a he would be doing it for the the child. It's it's he would do it for himself so that he gets to have those moments with that child. But I mean, whatever. at the end of the day, he Semantics. still learned it and he will be able to experience that all with his child. True, true, but true, true. I don't know. I love the whole idea of him learning it and wanting to learn. And also eat with rage for himself. But at the same time, I loved his I love you. How did you feel about that? So my boy decided to, like, literally, like, 
slave away on writing I love you on a piece of paper and he flips it over so she could read it and then she's like literally like silent and like he's like I can write it again (laughs) yeah he basically is like oh uh, you probably can't read it I'll write it again and she's like no it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and like I don't know I loved that it was like that's how he decided to express his first I love you to the woman he loves loved it I did notice well not notice it's not like it was a hidden thing (laughs) It was plain obvious, but I did like the fact that, like, he mentions that uh, Bella makes him feel like a man, like, not a monster, not, you know, an abuser, not, like, all the things that others see in him. He, she makes him feel like a man, and that, w- that just, like, reminded me of Wynne and Kev oh, yeah. and, and yeah, like Wynn's yeah. Win's whole journey of like wanting to be seen as a woman not a sister not you know an invalid not like any of the things that people assumed of her she wanted to be seen as, as a woman yeah and I just thought there was like a nice parallel between that story and here with um with with Z and how he wanted to be seen as a man and like that's how Bella f- makes him feel everything about it I, everything about them i really really liked um but no this book really felt like the end of a series because like the end it basically cuts to john matthew's perspective and as they're training um training's done bella and baby nala makes an appearance and john matthew kind of like is not reflecting on what he's like on his own life but more so like regarding and looking at Zadis, like this changed man with his baby that he's holding so close to his like his chest and then as he's walking away um bella and nala is on his back like tattooed into his back so he voluntarily decided to get tattooed and it's with his wife and his child's name how did like thoughts loved it loved it okay that's it did you feel like this was like the end of the series though like didn't i did feel like when you said that she had only like she was contracted for three books it did feel like that like you can Mm -hmm. see that like she was obviously leaving some things open in case but but it definitely felt like it was like wrapping up something right but then also leaving enough stuff open that like by this point i imagine she already was renewed for like more books so she probably knew but um, she probably had, like, an original idea of how she wanted it to wrap up, so she kind of probably mixed the two together. But, yeah, loved it. Well, Saf, how does it feel? We are here, and I am so happy that you finished it. Will you continue the series? Like, do you feel like you are intrigued enough to continue reading? I think I will there's still I will admit there's still something holding me back from like fully feeling immersed into this world in this series right there's something that I'm not fully connecting with and I can't quite put my finger on it um but I will I will continue I'll give it like two more books (laughs) I just need you to get to V. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll I... get I'll get to V, but like, we're gonna take a break right now. No, that's that's <laughs> fair. And even if you don't want to do it for the podcast, like that's totally okay. No, too, I feel like at but... this point we have to, but um, like, okay. le- hopefully we won't go like almost a year. 
See, like, but, but then I don't even care to read book four. I don't either, but we gotta. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. <laughs> You'll do it for me? No, I, I am the one doing sacrifice here. I don't want to read I'm that not book. asking you to read it. I'm just asking. We're doing it for the podcast. To. We're doing it for the listeners. Listeners, do you really care about Butch and Marissa? Do you? Be Honestly, honest. Can we skim <laughs> over that one and then go to B's book? Can we? I'm kidding. I'm sorry, the Butch lovers out there. I am sorry. Yeah. I feel like I've been all over the place with this character. Like, book one, I was like, intrigued. Book two, I was like, couldn't care less. Now I'm like, eh. That's just how you feel. Butch is like, eh. Well, maybe I'll read time. his book and be like, wow. <sighs> Anywho, all right, we've gone definitely long enough. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to share with us your own thoughts on Lover Awakened, is Zetas your favorite as well? Did we do his book justice with our conversation? I mean, hopefully. Oh, we're just I, all over the place if we always are. No, I feel like we did a good overview. I, I do think we did. I think we did too. But maybe I'm delusional. That's also possible. All I know, it was not making sense for a good, good chunk of this. So I'm sorry. <laughs> it's late. We're tired. Um, so yeah. So if you enjoyed it, uh, what? No. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter at drtmpod, as well as on Instagram as Women's in the Monsters Podcast. Uh, email is Women's in the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. And we are on YouTube as well at Romance in the Monsters Podcast. And feel free to leave us a, a little follow or subscribe while you're on there. Uh, and lastly, if you want to find me specifically, I am on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Foes Woes. And also, please feel free to uh, rate us on Apple Podcast as well as leave us a review <laughs> on the <laughs> Apple Podcast. And I believe that's it. And Google, maybe. Yeah. If you just feel the need, you know, just subscribe or what is, what is it called? <laughs> Do whatever so you you are comfortable with. If we haven't Do whatever earned you like, it yet, okay? don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're really delusional now. I'm so sorry. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.